On a sunny afternoon in the Steel City, on the eve of the conference finals. Well, at least in the East. In the East, in yes. West, the West. Yet, TBC. Yet to be, uh, yeah. TBD. TBC, TBD. Either one, take yeah. your pick. Um, a lot has happened since I uh, last saw you, Gavin. Um, we wouldn't have thought we'd have been sat here discussing the... Uh, the Denver Nuggets potentially being in the uh, in the conference finals, that's for sure. I think uh, they just clawed it back, haven't they? Uh, yeah. Against, uh, against Utah, which just. we'll come on to in a sec. Um, all sorts has gone on. Milwaukee was still... Um, Riding of, high. Still, yeah, well, they were still closing out their series against Orlando. On the uh, crest of an optimistic wave. Um, and who knew what was to come there? I guess we're starting the West. Russell Westbrook came back uh, just after we... Sort of last recorded for Game Five uh, against the Thunder, his old team, mm. um, which turned out to be a decent series in the end. Yeah, um, it did actually, which yeah. was probably a harbinger of doom for the for Houston because that Thunder team wasn't that great. I mean, a limited OKC team, to mm. be fair. Um, but that's what I mean. The, the fact that spunky, it was such a close yeah, series should have yeah. should have been ringing along like sirens should have been going off all over H Town. Yeah, even <laughs> after that sort of. Game one victory against the Lakers. I still wasn't convinced by what I'd yeah, seen against no. uh, the Thunder there. Um, yeah, I mean, Dennis Schroeder were giving them all sorts of trouble. So, I mean, that was kind yeah. of... <laughs> you know, that, that's the thing, isn't it? Well, it's my com- thought was, what's LeBron going to do to them? Do yeah. you know what I mean? It's... So, that, that's the problem, isn't it? It's Some exciting games in that series. There was yeah. that uh, sort of Schroeder, um, PJ Tucker running in uh, in game five. Where Do you think that was deliberate? We kind of gave him the forearm to the nads. It was... I do. Yeah, I do. I do, yeah, yeah. No, no, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, then Tucker sort of leans in. They both get tossed from that game, uh, which is very much handbags. I mean, the Rockets won that one easily in the end. Game six was a cracker, though. Lou Dort, the uh, Quebec's favourite son, um, (laughs) made a name for himself uh, in game six and seven, especially. Oui, oui. I mean, wide open threes, admittedly. Wide open threes. but his defense more than anything. On, yeah, uh, on no, he played tight for those. Yeah, game six was, I think Chris Paul sort of hit a couple of huge threes down the stretch and uh, some free throws before, uh, before Rusty shot his air ball and then threw the ball away in uh, in classic <laughs> typical fashion. Fashion, yes. I mean, in... we don't need to keep you know sticking the knives into no, him. But yeah. when you earn forty-seven million dollars a year, you expect a little bit more. Granted, he was a bit rusty. No, no pun intended there. But, but uh, yeah, no, it's. Yeah. Uh... Not good, is it? It's not no. good. En- it's not good no. enough. Time and time again. No. For... Time and time and time again. It's not good enough. Talking of time and time again, um, James Harden once again found wanting in a big game. One for nine on Always threes. Always the bridesmaid. In, the... <laughs> in, uh, in game seven again. Again, isn't it? But um, kind of redeemed himself with the uh, the block on the aforementioned Mr. Dort at the end there. Well, he's um, never going to be redeemed until... The Rockets actually do something in the playoffs, and they haven't now. No, for, it's... Um, I, I don't even know what, we're eight years time, now into yeah. this? Like, it's it's been a long time, and it's just, it's not happening. Yeah, it's kind of a case of what now for both these teams, isn't it? I mean, um, both coaches gone. You think the Billy Donovan one, kind of, they made him an offer. They probably knew he was going to refuse. It was like a two-year deal, wasn't it? And yeah, yeah. I'll try my look elsewhere, thanks. I mean, you know, whatever you think of Billy Donovan and his sort of record in the playoffs. Uh, he did a good job this year, so he's not going to be short of offers either yeah, here or no, in they've... college for probably more money, is he? So, um, not that I give a shit about OKC. But, yeah, um, no, who knows what they do. Yeah, it's whether they sort of... I mean, Chris Paul's got a couple of years left on that mammoth deal, hasn't he? Um, 
Not as many as Russell Westbrook, though. Not uh, as many as Russell Westbrook. Um, which, uh, woo. Yeah, OKC look more prime for a sort of tear it down, complete rebuild, all these picks they've got from the Clippers yeah. and the Rockets, whereas God knows where Houston go from here now. Um, <laughs> There's no more zigs to zag into. I mean, if Mike D'Antoni was kind of the perfect coach for that style of play they wanted to play, and they've, they've somehow managed to screw that relationship up. And uh, Yeah, um, is it's it a mess. That, is it also that... Mike D- Mike D'Antoni just base camp Sherpa. He'll <laughs> get he's a base camp, but he can't take you to the top of the mountain. Nah, it's, um, it's, got, it's a career of like exciting basketball, which is I, don't, I mean I don't, I don't think these Houston teams are exciting. Flies in the you? sort of way that it's just it's not good. He's quite it? pragmatic. I, I mean, I think he's a good coach, but we've seen this movie a few times, haven't we? And he's getting up there in years. It's um, yeah. I can't see it. I, I can't see where he where he would go and or what he would do that would then lead to. Yeah, but I, on the other hand, I don't see who Houston going to bring in that are going to take this philosophy Daryl Morey's got of you know we're just going to shoot threes and have layups and I like go to very think, small. Who's I like to think that, that there are more basketball coaches that I know about, and you would mm-hmm. hope that people, if you know, <laughs> you would hope that there are people looking into this and hoping that yeah we're not just calling someone's just not got alvin gentry on blower <laughs> again you wouldn't think so but um... no and th- and that's what i mean or maybe maybe they could you know hire Stephen nash yeah well mm. that, that boat's <laughs> sailed uh, we've seen problems in houston run sort of deeper it's i'll be looking more at the ownership level and uh, similar to milwaukee's owner who you know, they talk the talk about wanting to win titles and be contenders, but they don't want to spend their money, and it's proven itself again, hasn't it? Uh, yeah. In the in the playoffs here, for both of them. Um, I sorry, mean, I mean, is it a case of that though? I mean, do you? It doesn't if, help, does it? If, when... if you're saying that you've got to go into the luxury tax t- to stand the chance of winning, then the whole thing doesn't work. If you don't, well, yeah, you've got a, a two tier. That's a different argument, isn't it? Is, is, but, but it's been proven. Is though, it hasn't that they've it? just not got loads of money tied up in? dodgy shit. talent which doesn't fit and again well, because people build it, it doesn't help it's a combination of everything obviously. on, on top tiers but, you should you know, be able to if you know what i mean when you're deciding not to sign malcolm brogdon because you don't want to pay the money that is a contributing is, factor though isn't it is that because you've just spunked it all over eric bledsoe's face unwisely well exactly yeah if you know I mean, what i mean a, it's, it's not a case of there's an opportunity of, cost isn't you've it? not spending enough money it's you've spent it on the wrong people well yeah is is and that's that's a thing i think a lot of it sort of goes missing it's just it's a lot of the idea that oh you've got to pay them now or they'll walk away for nothing and then you lost the seventh pick you traded away that turned out to be somebody we can't remember anymore like people people overvalue value in the nba if you know what i mean like you get the idea that if they were to wait for a bus that weren't coming the advice would be just keep waiting just, just keep waiting because cutting your losses is not a thing anybody ever does. They had choices to make, and what I'm trying to say is they yeah. made those choices, probably with saving money in mind. I think it's fair to say. I mean, if if you if you Robert Sarver in it, that's that's a different yeah. thing altogether. Yeah, he's not. They, you know, no, they're not selling draft picks off. Yeah, yeah well, the Chicago if you know Bulls. I mean, but, yeah, if, if you're on that you know. tip, that's a different. Thing. But equally, but every year, what I'm saying is, every year, like there's something come out in the news today. It's like Yanis has met with you know Mark Lazary, the books owner, and he's you know he's 
confirm he's committed to building a winner and they will go into luxury mm. and but they say this shit every year and they never do they just manage to just sneak under the stuff so it's just there's a lot of hollow talk from these people who own teams is probably what i'm trying to say yeah well they don't buy basketball teams these days for the it's, it's no longer like no, a billionaire's into, vanity project, team, team building no i'm pretty sure if you know that, what i mean yeah. they're not lost leaders anymore mm. like a lot of the time, it's like Glazers overextending financing against the thing against itself and then future tickets. Sales. Well, they got the arena out of it, didn't they? And yeah. they'll probably sell the team on in 10 years' time and make a healthy profit. What, That's what they're here possibly. for, if you know exactly. what I mean. And it's, yeah. not, it, it's not to win necessarily titles or to make loads of money. That's not yeah. the point. Your Blazers were clinging on just before we sort yeah. of uh, went on air. But, I think um, we said that... Well, we kind of thought Dame wasn't going to play, but yeah. uh, they put up a fight in that in that yeah. game five against the Lakers. A lot to be proud of. You know, the, their kind of playoffs came in the bubble, didn't it? Yeah. Before the sort yeah. of the the, season. It was... Was the, there was, like I said, then I think too much emotional energy expended at that point. That... Yeah, it wasn't wasn't it ever going to end in uh, anything but tiredness, was it? The mellow story was a nice story and stuff. Yeah. They had their little moments. But... The Nuggets Jazz, as we said when we last recorded, Denver had pulled it back to 3-2. Game six, you kind of thought, you know, Utah are just going to, Close this out. Yeah. Jamal Murray sticks 50 on them. Different different ideas, (laughs) Jamal. Again, him and uh, Mitchell just going at it, making just ridiculous shots after ridiculous shots. Some of these sort of steps. It was like watching Dominique and Bernard King go. It really was. It's um, with sort of more three-point shooting. But yeah, step back threes, floaters. He had that kind of, he had a three-on-one break, uh, Denver, and he just sort of, Step back behind the line, sort of Clay Thompson style, just hit a back breaker. Um, as you told, just kicking the ball yeah. out around the court, they couldn't get out their own way. It was uh, it was quite hilarious to watch in real time and just capitulate. Um, Mitchell went ape shit as they sort of left the court. Do you see him? He was yeah. sort of slamming bikes over and kicking signs. I think you could kind of just see there that the momentum had just completely gone, gone hadn't it? It swung. He's like, fuck, we've really fucking we've made a hash of this. Um, yeah, they missed their opportunities to close it. Which is unbelievable, because the first few games, they just couldn't fucking defend to save their lives, could they? So, no. Fair play to Mike Malone for whatever he said. Adjustments. Uh, kind of just effort-wise, really. It was just, you know, we've got to get after this a bit more. We can't just allow them to, you know, just waltz into the paint and get any yeah. kind of shot they want. Um, yeah, to be fair to them, um, they came out swinging. And, uh, yeah, Game 7, not a... Classic offensive show like the other games, Benny Stretch, especially in the second half. They kind of, yeah, it was, it was turgid scrappy, stuff. Yeah, scrappy um, basketball. Denver sort of up two after Jokic had that ridiculous sort of spinning hook shot. He yeah. pivoted about three times and uh, must, have, must have traveled. And uh, Gary Harris back has been a sort of he's major been big for them. them. Yeah, since he's come back, he's one of the best in the league at that sort of tip from behind as the sort of dribbler beats you and tipping it out of their tipping hands from out behind. Tipping forwards and, in front of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's had a few of those in the in the Clippers series and he had one at the end there where Mitchell was... He's good at getting under the basket as well with the ball. Yeah. He's really good at getting underneath the basket and like kicking it back. Yeah. Um, so he's been a big plus and um, this really went down to the wire uh, after that sort of steal. But Tory Cray got the ball and for some fucking unknown reason, can you remember? Um, yeah. Instead of just running the clock out, I tried to get Farley went up the other end and missed a layup. I was like, what are you doing? I was kind of screaming at the telly like, no, it was Mike Conley. Kind of, you know, they got no timeouts left, so he heaves the three, which basically goes halfway down and spins out again. But what to a be fair, fucking knife edge. That to, was. to be fair, 
Tory's decision making is a little bit wafty. <laughs> yeah, the, the best of times, time, if you know what I mean. Like he's like when they're swinging a pass on to extra man, he always. Oh, 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 he's like, yeah. Yeah, he's had his moments, especially defensively. But yeah, I was literally screaming at the telly, like, what are you doing? No, <laughs> no. Just, and uh, yeah, what an exciting it's been a, It's been great. It's been great. But it's weird because there's no fans there reacting to sort of end of games. I'm kind of like pinching myself and being like, is, is that this just, real? Did that, that just happened? happened, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was like yeah. the Ananobi shot, the, uh, yeah. the game winner against Toronto. I was kind of, cause, because he was so calm and just kind of walked away, I was like, Hey, is it? That, he has just won the game. Yeah, yeah there's no, it's there's no reaction. Like really You're waiting for the Camden sound yeah, to get yeah, pumped through. Yeah. It was. Uh... So yeah, Utah, absolutely gutted. Not Again, though, there's something that. needs to change there. Yeah, um, obviously Bogdanovich was out and stuff, but I don't. But they, they keep trying to find this missing piece, yeah. and uh... Ingles really struggled as well in that sort of Denver series late on. Um, they just need a little bit more consistent sort of athleticism, really. Royce O'Neal's the kind of all right player but he's not he's not tipping the needle is he they, they need a more dynamic yeah. kind of wing yeah they, that's, kind of that's to, what to they pair need with Pitt, they, they don't need Mitchell, don't they? they don't need any more 35 year old blokes if you know what i mean like no. it's, this is not the answer there's no. that uh, yeah they need it started to get like i don't know they need to i, I personally think they need to write off this iteration of utah well the rudy and rebuild it full bore around donovan it's the the rudy gear uh, rudy gobert contract talks are going to be that's where you're going to see what decision they're going to kind of take going forward. Because so I think he thinks he's a max player, and I yeah. think he could be in for a shock, uh, especially yeah. somewhere like Utah. You know, they're not known for splashing the cash uh, ridiculously. I, I wouldn't. So. No, I wouldn't at all. Let him go. Not at his age. Let him go. Obviously. I don't. Yeah. Best years are probably. I don't know, what, you, I don't know what, what people think you get for Rudy Gobert back in this day and age. No. Um, obviously, he had a very good series against Jokic and stuff, but he's he's not. A supermax player, that's for sure. The way yeah. basketball is these days, you don't, you don't, you don't win games by protecting the rim. If you know what I mean, you win, you win things by making it splash. It's about finding solutions to scoring more than, more than the hard nosed defensive types. Well, you need two way players, but offense being sort of the more important thing. Yeah, you if, you, yeah. if you've got somebody, if you got, if you got anybody on the court at any one time who can't make an open shot. From twenty feet, well, then they're not playable. Are they? Then, then uh, there come certain times where you are then essentially tying a hand behind your back. Yeah, and it, it's just it's one of the ways the game's changed. If you know what I mean, you can't have that no more. Yeah, yeah, we found out with Tony Allen a few years ago, didn't we? And uh, everyone else has adopted a similar policy since. <laughs> target the weak link, make them shoot. Uh, Mitchell, the most points in a first round series of all time. So yeah, he's got that. Got out to take away at least, not as much consolation. But he was legit there, wasn't he? Um, yeah. Just, he just couldn't do it all. And, own, yeah, you know? and that's what I mean, though. They just need to go full bore around what makes, yeah. what what do we need to bring the best out of Donovan Mitchell's talent yeah. here? Yeah, he's definitely the one. Um, him and Murray have certainly come out of this bubble and playoffs looking sort yeah. of like all, cali- all NBA caliber guards, haven't they? Definitely. Yeah, um, yeah for sure. Uh, the two of them have looked, I don't know, I don't know where Jamal Murray had that. No, I didn't. Just the some of the types of shots he was, you know, taking and stuff. Just the yeah, didn't care who was guarding him. Rudy Gobert, right? I'm just going to step back and shoot a three over it. You know, just the creativity and um, yeah, really good, really fun to watch. The Heat and the Bucks, a shocker, I would say. Really, um, I had my doubts about Milwaukee, but I didn't. No, not like I that. Didn't expect to <laughs> expect it to be yeah. over in the 
in five games. I could see it going at least six or seven. I thought the um, ship was leaky. I didn't think it was scuttled. Yeah. Um, Jimmy Butler had it cooking in game one, 40 points, which was a career playoff high for him. Not a prolific scorer by any stretch, is he? But, no. Um, uh, he certainly had it cooking. He's a serious, uh, consistent scorer, though. Yeah. That's, that's, that's um, if you know what I mean. He picks his spots, doesn't he? He's, he's, not, right. he's not a streaky scorer. He's like a consistent, guaranteed... Yeah. Dependable. If you know what I mean, some people's value is in that. Yeah. If you know what I mean. Is... The three balls definitely going down, been yeah. going down a bit better for him. Um, would you Would you rather have somebody who averaged 20 points because they gave you guaranteed you 20 points every night or somebody yeah. who went 30 one night and then 10 yeah. three nights in a row? He gets to the line a lot, doesn't he? And that helps, um, obviously. So, game two, Tyler Harrow, who's been great. Uh, yeah. 17, hit some big shots. All season, though, for Tyler. Yeah. He can really create off the dribble as well. I didn't realize he kind of had that in his game. He's not afraid to afraid to sort of put the ball on the on the on the floor and drive at people, is he? And yeah, he's not just a gunner by any stretch. Yeah, yeah. well, that's the new thing, isn't it? That's the new weapon, the three off the dribble, mm. the three off the dribble. Which you know, five six years ago, you're like, what are you doing? Yeah. Now it's it's something people are. If you if, wanted to be an elite player, you've got to have that yeah. in your game, haven't you? Yeah. Look at Jason Tatum; he's added that and. If you've got the threat of that as well, then defenders can't... Yeah, you, there's just a thousand conundrums you've got to deal with. How many, how many players took step-back threes in, like, even 15 years ago? It was very, None. very few, wasn't it? No. Now it's just kind of like, you've got to have that. You've if got you, to. Yeah, yeah. You got, if you want, do you want a job? Yeah. Right. You've got a step-back three. <laughs> it is mental. Like That's how it works. Um, yeah, game two is the one where Butler nearly threw it away at the end. He chucked the ball to his own basket and stuff. And he ended up sort of, uh, yeah, that was the game where, um, who was it, got fouled? Um, Chris Middleton got fouled shooting a three on a very iffy call. Yeah. Hit for the free throws to win it. And then Butler got fouled again at the other end with sort of zero seconds left. Yanis put his hand on him after he'd shot. Um, and he hit sort of two free throws with zero seconds on the clock to win it. I've never, I've, I can't remember ever seeing that before in a game. Can you? No. Like someone sort of hitting free throws with no time no left. No time left. And that was weird as well because there was no crowd. It was kind of, oh, that's it. Game's over and these would. It was just like, so, I mean, it was really there's strange. Like, was... These asterisk season, there's like significant things happening yeah. that don't feel it because there's no there's no auditorium to have the air sucked out of it. Yeah. There's no there's no crowd to get ignited or sparked. Yeah, it's really strange. It's very weird. There's just faces on TV screens. Yeah. Uh, game three was really the one that I think broke the that nailed. spirit. Um they were up by 10, weren't they, I think, I think uh, going into the fourth. And then um, Miami went on a 40-13 to 13 run in the fourth yeah. um, and won by 15. And you could see my Yanis just looked broken after that. You could yeah. see this is not going to happen here. They've really got our number. Yeah, game four, just closed them out, Yanis was doubtful, wasn't he? And he got injured and uh, they rallied, didn't they, uh, Milwaukee? This was a, a TV game on Sky, yeah. I think. Ended up going to OT. Uh, the balls on Tyra Harrow, some of those sort of threes he was uh, he was taking and stuff in overtime uh, were amazing. Then Middleton clinched it. But uh, yeah, no Yanis in game five, and that was it, really. Um, it was all too much. All too uh, much. Too little, too late, too yeah. quick. It was all... It just had them. Just had them. Some strange sort of tactics and substitutions, again, by Budenholzer. I mean, a, lot, a lot's been made of this in resting Yanis far too much in games and stuff. I mean, there's some games where he'd be on, he'd be resting him after like five minutes of the first quarter and it's just like, it's the playoffs. I don't know what you're waiting for. Is well, it, maybe is, whatever is that injury had or, yeah, maybe. was, was yeah. having to be nursed and mitigated mm. for a while, if but, you know what I mean. Um, 
There's other stuff you never know. You don't. Because you can't then come true. out and go, well, you know, Giannis had a pulled hamstring from Yeah, and Miami were playing three. their guys similar minutes. They weren't, you know, it was not like Toronto and Nick Nurse is just having to play guys yeah. for, you know, 40-odd minutes or whatever. But, um, yeah, they certainly, the ball was certainly hopping around a bit more in that game where uh, where Giannis had to sit down. Kind of needs must when you've not got that one dominant player. But that is a thing I've noticed with them. There is a lot of standing around watching, waiting for him to do something. And it does become more predictable in the playoffs yeah. in a series, doesn't it? And yeah. If he's not got that spin move working and stuff, and dominates, they really, their half-court offense just looks Shot's bogged gone down, to doesn't shit it? Yeah. Well Post-comeback Yeah, as well. it really has. It doesn't look good. It, it looks it's horrible. It's smooth. It's, yeah, there's yeah, there's yeah, a no, pause it's... in it. There's a hitch in it. And it's, yeah, there's some, yeah, big questions, really, it's... for Milwaukee. Because it's not a young team by any stretch, is it? No. It's a veteran team, you know, built to kind of win now. Um, it's not going to win now. Really, you know, there's not going to be many takers for Eric Bledsoe after another playoff performance like that, is uh, there? Well, I think as well, one of the issues is that because of sort of like, let's say, over the past 20 years or so, the, like, the deficit in talent in the East has, has maybe led to... Teams thinking they're better than they are? Or? Much better coaching being required yeah you need to to go far in the east you need to coach yeah you need to be because there are some good well, look, ass coaches look at Spolstra look yeah. at Nick Nurse you know, and, and that's what Stevens. I mean yeah. whereas in the west if you've got some good players you yeah. can make a splash and yeah. it doesn't necessarily always look at the Lakers we don't even need a fucking coach no. we've got fucking Vogel doing a Seinfeld impression <laughs> and he's probably out he's probably out on the strip doing like <laughs> what's like, the deal with airplane <laughs> <laughs> what's the deal with airplane <laughs> <laughs> Like that's what he's doing. He's got he's got like a, a George Costanza look alike, and somebody who looks like Michael Richards to be there. Shouting all, racist. <laughs> they're all doing the comeback thing. things. Oh dear. But oh. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to go full Ewing theory, but you know, it's, it, they they did look a bit more sort of you know kind of with it with the Yanis down. It's a strange one, but yeah. Um, I still can you see him leaving? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Eventually. Just thinking, you know, I want to be somewhere where they're a hundred percent committed to winning the bottom. I think ninety-five. Um, I think he'll leave, uh, or or he would leave, but not like for money. No, I, no. I, I think there's I loads think, yeah. of other stuff which I don't think that's what floats his boat. Other, sure. let's say, American athletes. Well, they can offer would, him the most money anyway. Would so. would, would use anyway yeah. to move or whatever. But I, I think he, he would move for. Like he's here to play basketball to win it. Yeah, yeah. If you know what I mean. And I think he's kind of obvious about that. Mm. So I think he would do. And I think if there's the opportunity to go somewhere like Miami or something. Could you see him maybe signing jump a, at like that. a one year deal or something, seeing how it goes next year and then I don't know. Well he's got obviously he's got another year left on his contract, hasn't he? And then um but yeah, you'd you'd think somewhere like Miami they're just waiting in the wings, aren't they? It just could somebody be with Pat, a... Pat Riley's final throw, you know. Yeah, I think I think the issue the issue is is that um, Miami ain't got no pedigree. I mean, Milwaukee don't have the pedigree. Sorry, they don't have the track record. They don't have the. If he's going to go anywhere, it's going to go somewhere that offers him that sort of culture. Yeah, yeah. Go to the Warriors. You go to the fucking Spurs if you know what I mean. Like yeah. somewhere where, like, right, we we. This is how we act. This is how yeah. a championship team acts. This is how a championship locker room goes. We know because we've done that. It's that that he's looking for, I think. And Milwaukee seems to be trying to build it off the fly. 
Yeah, it's not as I mean, you look at that roster, it's not so there's not bad eggs on that roster or anything. No. Like that. So, you know, and Budenholz, he's a decent enough coach for the regular season. It's just getting over that hump. I think, I think the problem is quite a few of them are the sort of been there, seen it and done it maybe five, six years ago. Mm. Yeah, they're definitely a, a team. Um, they're not going to get much better. George Hill's not got anything, no. if you know what I mean, to, to go to give. He he, really, he's on a slow slide now. He was now. really quiet as well in the playoffs after a sort of decent regular season. Well, no, let's go back to being the Milwaukee Bucks again. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, they, they might, you know, they might all go swimmingly, and they might, we might, they might be celebrating a title again in, in a year's time. Ah, Who I knows? Can't see uh, it it. Seems unlikely. Not with a roster built like that. No, no. Right. Well, uh, we'll have a short break, and we'll um, we'll hit on uh, this other East series. Yeah, I said on the last pod, I thought the Celtics-Raptors was going to be a thigh rubber. Um, turned out to be. It turned out to be a cracking series. It turned um, out to be. These finals at least are going to be. A couple of the, uh, yeah, I mean, a couple of the games were sort of some of the best playoff games I've seen for years. They were really, really uh, entertaining. Jason Tatum's repertoire offensively ever-expanding, isn't it? The um, ascension of Jason Tatum. starts to look a lot easier. Every time I see him, it just looks easier and easier for him to get his shot off over people. Um which would be a worry uh, for the rest of the Eastern Conference. Um, game one was a blowout, really. Celtics took that. Game two was a lot closer. Yeah, it was a Marcus Smart game, I think. People yeah. will refer to it uh, as going forward, uh, game two. Uh, the Raptor up nine There's in the There's always fourth. a Marcus Smart game. Yeah, uh, and then he went fucking mental. I couldn't believe what I was watching. He 16 in the fourth, uh, all threes, one four-point play. <laughs> just unconscious. Um, That's Marcus Smart. Yeah, uh, and then Van Vliet had a kind of wild three to try and tie it as as time was winding down. But they had a timeout to take. I couldn't mm. understand that Toronto. It was kind of strange. Got like seven seconds left. Just draw a play up. I mean, yeah, strange I decision. It, especially because he had Tatum on him. And it was kind of, he, he had to really try and high arc the three. And it kind of clanked off back rim. I just thought, take the time out there. I don't know. It's uh, Plenty of time. Yeah, plenty of time. Plenty seven of seconds time. in the NBA. So that was a strange one. Game three was a cracker. It looked like the Celtics had won it when Kemba found Daniel Tice for that sort of dunk with about half a second left. And this was the uh, OG OG coming out party. Um, We're claiming him, aren't we? British lad. I think so. Technically born here. We'll we'll have him. He's on our own. Um, Do you notice they brought Taco fall in, didn't they, for the play? Yeah. Trying to guard the inbound. Trying to guard the inbound, but... Didn't really realise... Didn't really work. You don't have the courtside seat so you can just there's loads more room so yeah. Larry just stepped back oh, I'll just take like three steps back here I've got loads more room than I used and just, just threw it over him didn't he um, what a pass uh, you've been seeing that for years to come yeah um, some confusion on the Celtics back line it appeared so Jalen Brown tried his best to get out there didn't he kind of flying block but uh, nailed it and uh, nailed it yeah it was a great moment it's a great shot it was it really was game four the Raptors tied it up uh Kemba Walker's struggling at this point. He had a he has had a few games where his shooting's really been off, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. he's had some um, real struggles in the middle of this series. Yeah, Ibaka had a big game there. He's really been nailing those straightaway threes. I just can't understand why Nurse didn't play more minutes. Because um, Gasol was basically a non-factor. I mean, he looks yeah. pretty much done, doesn't he? he? Looks 
thing. It's, it's one of the things that you look at. You're like, yeah. It's, how are they? He got his title, and it's kind of it's a bit Dirk esque, isn't it? It's kind yeah. of yeah. He's really dropped off now. Yeah. It's kind of he had that, obviously that run with Spain last year and stuff. With, you can see it like you could see it with Dragic last year. It's really sort of took. He's it enjoying out, an extra it? glass of wine after his dinner. I think. Yeah, days. the arms have got a little. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm svelte, but uh, you know he, he, he like was he's... really thin, wasn't he, a couple of years ago? Yeah. Kind of the arms are just getting those little. Uh, he's getting back to what he used to yeah. kind of look like when he was heavily criticised. Um, yeah, it looks kind of like it could be over for him. Um, as a sort of an elite player anyway. They went small a lot of the time. Toronto. I don't think he's the sort to especially hang around either. For... No, I mean, Toronto are in a good situation with these contracts of sort of these high-earning guys that they mm. can sort of quickly rebuild on the fly around. Sort of Ananobi, um, Siakam, who really struggled offensively, hasn't he? In the play. Yes, um, yes. We need to talk, we need to talk about we the... We need to uh, talk about Pascal. We need to talk about Pascal. Yeah, we'll come on to him in a sec. Game five, the Celtics sort downgrading of... him from superstar to star. Yeah, yeah. Game six, one of the double overtime. Paulius Kemba's played in that one, as you said. Um, he had a chance to sort of win it down the end, and he got fouled. The refs really blew that call. I thought, mm. um, kind of got fouled behind, and then Ananobi sort of called the timeout, didn't he? But um, yeah, Siakam's was missed a fucking shed load of play uh, layups in that game. Just like open, just wide open, sort of left handers, and just yeah, getting to the basket and really just bunnies. Just it's crazy for a player. Yeah, really that... just. Struggling to get out of his own like, way. Tell what, tell what it looked. It was like yips or something. It was. Tell what, the model for it is right there. It's called Norman Powell. Remember when Norman Powell was promising and all yeah. over it, and looked it was like this complimentary cog to a team, and was going to be a thing. And then they're going to give him some proper run, and he's going to do. And then well, he, he got paid as well, didn't he? And then he's Norman Powell. Yeah. I, I, I suspect. I'm not sure yeah, about I mean, Pascal Siakam. He's. Obviously, a better defensive player than Powell, and he, he still sort of played all right on that end. But he's just has a lot of fucking layups. He's not really got that creativity that you want in a number himself. one banana. No. no, I mean Van Vliet and Lowry had to kind of take over all the time because yeah. he just wasn't capable of generating any kind of offense, was he? Yeah, you can't give basis. him the bucket. He looked like down a the stretch, third and... or fourth banana at yeah. times. You know, I mean, Ananobi looks kind of like his stars more on the rise after this playoffs, doesn't he? Uh, yeah, it, it seems. It seems strange. I don't know. Will Pascal be a Pippen that needs a? Yeah, I don't think he's a, a better player. Quite at that level, but no. Yeah. But if you know what I mean, like, is he do? He definitely looks like a number two, a complimentary yeah, player. Kind of player at best. Um, yeah, the level of scoring, the overtimes, and just the level of play in that series, offensively, defensively, was far sort of better than the West's been. I think yes. this is kind of like we're seeing sort of two of the best teams here sort of yeah. all round teams anyway um yeah Lowry logging like 53 minutes at his age and stuff and never run out of gas seemingly never just... runs out of gas it's getting tiring hearing people talking about when Kyle Lowry is Kyle Lowry tired now is he done is, is he finished <laughs> is this the season Kyle Lowry drops off but mm. well, that game was mental Marcus Smart had a chance to sort of tie at the end and blatantly travelled it's the other side caught. of Marcus yeah. Smart isn't it <laughs> yeah and then um yeah, game seven, as we say, just Siakam just dribbling it off his foot, telegraphing passes, just infuriating turnovers. Mm. Just Yeah, um, yeah, Tatum just looked better than anyone on the wraps, and I think that's kind of what it boiled down to. Tell you what Pascal him. looks like, actually. He looks like, to me, he looks like the natural successor for the um, Jamal Crawford Six Man of the Year award. <laughs> well, just putting his numbers up. He looks like that sort of guy, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He looks like somebody who can do you a job in the in when the in the off lineups, yeah. but not not at the start and at the end. 
Yeah, I don't know. You don't know what's going on with people, do you? Um, no. Maybe come out, he's carrying injuries. But he just looked like a confidence thing, though, really, a lot of the time. He just, yeah, like a deer in the headlights without sort of Leonard to fall back on, like last year. So, yeah, I mean, the Raptors, they've had a decent run. Yeah. Um, be interesting to see what they do roster-wise and see if anyone offers Van Vliet silly money. Well, I think um, what they've done this year is they've um, they've justified... Or like all of last year, yeah. Oh, absolutely. If you know what I mean, yeah, it yeah. wasn't just about Kawhi yeah. Leonard going yeah. there at all. If you know what I mean, and that's obvious and apparent now. If you know what I mean, just are... watching Nick Nurse, some of the stuff he comes out with is amazing. Um, <laughs> watching somebody coach, it's yeah, crazy. It's really good. <laughs> you don't see it. enough of it in the NBA these it days. Yeah, and you'd think players are going to want to go and play there for mm. a franchise like that, you know, with. Uh... That's what Yanis is after, you know. That kind of, yeah. if you know what I mean. Uh, Masai Ujiri. That's what I want. I want somewhere that's run right. Yeah, that would be interesting for the NBA if their biggest sort of player, well, one of the biggest names, decided <laughs> to go to Canada. Canada. Yeah, it would. <laughs> I'd absolutely see, sort of secretly seething. Uh, <sighs> I'm sure, um, but uh, yeah, no, no shame in Toronto. They came very close, but yeah, just didn't have the horses uh, in the end. Um, I'm knackered after watching that on Friday night. That was like a five a.m. finish. <laughs> Fuck me for the weekend. I lighted that one day after. Yeah, coming up tonight. I mean, have, have you watched much of the Lakers Rockets series? Did you watch much of that? I, didn't, I, I can't. Stand I liked here and the there. Uh, yeah. People talk about like like games. I hate hating to watch the Rockets, but uh, the, the the Lakers are the oh, epitome of basketball. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to watch. No, it's bully ball. Two big time, men, two yeah. big men bouncing a ball with Bullying their asses their out. shoulders into people. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, it's really it's, fucking boring. Yeah. It's, it's not exciting to me at all to I'm watch. Not a fan at I don't know. Yeah, there's the freak show element of it, and that like these are massive human beings with amazing like dexterity and capable of executing these complicated physical sequences. <laughs> but I, I, it's not exciting. Basketball. Playoff Rondo. Yeah. Oh, fuck off. Playoff Rondo. Playoff Rondo. For those, you see Kendrick Perkins tweet. I didn't. Know, he, he put a tweet I've out that to, like to block him. the Lakers have now got I'm sure three bothered, head but... coaches: LeBron, oh, Vogel, God. and Rondo, and. This is gonna this is gonna go over a load of your heads. <laughs> it's like what? Fucking Kendrick Perkins. Basic grammar, Kendrick. That's, don't talk to me about what's going over people's heads, bro. Fuck me. Thick table, Kendrick. Oh. <laughs> um, no, I'm not. A, no, I don't follow. It was amazing, but yeah, but yeah, playoff run. Had to mute him. I think. Um, yeah, the Clippers Nuggets. Uh, Clippers can't get out of their own way. It seems. Um, Clippers gonna clip. Yeah, it was quite delightful to watch them just fuck up. Just throw away leads yeah. in every game. The other night, yeah. Um, like 16 up. i got a theory about Doc Rivers. What's He's that? one of those guys, can you remember when he first came to the Clippers and he'd, he'd always bring in the guys who sort of played well for him on other teams, like Jeff Green or Big Baby Davis or Paul Pierce. Is that all players who played well against him? Yeah, yeah. And now he's run out of those players. Well, this is it. He's kind of, so he's, he's just like, stuck. He trusts his own players too much, I find. like he he got Harrell and Beverly, who obviously missed time, mm. cause, you know, and Lou Williams, and you know, and they just, he's instantly trusted them just to go back straight in and equally uh, and they expect their performance to be what it was and it just doesn't work like that you've got to kind of give guy enough if they're not playing well you've got to pull them and put someone else in he just he just seems far too stubborn to make changes sometimes that's how he seems like because they should be me. wiping the floor with denver really. that's how he seems like he seems like harry redknapp <laughs> in the like it's no mistake that you've got three players who've had uh, issues with bubble integrity as it were if you know what i mean like yeah. what what kind of camps are you running there yeah. you know what i mean it's like 
it, it seems a bit like a gentleman's club, like a rather than a team that's going to win. Yeah. It's kind and of I'm for all the talk of how good sure you know Landry how... Shammer and people like that were. They've not they've not played well, and some of that's got to boil down to well, I think I'm better than him. I'm not getting minutes here, and you know now yeah. you brought Reggie Jackson in, and he's taking some more minutes. So it's kind of like. You can't just put a team together on the fly within a year and expect them to gel automatically. I mean, we saw this with Miami in sort of 2011 against yeah. Dallas. It just doesn't... It's not fantasy basketball, is yeah. it? Yeah, no, you that's what it's just, like. You know it's what like, it's like, like someone's like, playing 2K. Someone's going to get upset if they're the, not getting the minutes. Yeah, it's, it's like someone's playing 2K and these aren't yeah. real real people with emotions yeah, exactly. and psyches, that these are actually just athletes that I can plug in. Like, well, you know he can I mean. just go that and then come back in. It's like they got all these guys like Rodney So maybe McGrew he's more like Rafa Benitez then, maybe. if you know what I mean. I'm not appreciative of... But it just... I don't know. It, it, I th- Some are quite not there. But you, they, I mean, Paul George just didn't play great in the first round. He's played well in the series, scoring-wise. Kawhi Leonard's been putting up his numbers. They should be beating Denver, yeah. really. They, I think, on paper. Um, they've just... They're just not putting it together, I don't think they've got a proper rim protector. I mean, they can't deal with the Jokic, that's no, for sure. No, they've got nothing to do with that. They've got nothing to do with that. But to be honest, at times, Jamal Murray looks better than yeah. Kawhi and certainly Paul George. Yeah, I'm not, I've never been a massive Paul George fan, but he should be a, He should be good enough for them to sort of beat Denver. But um, credit to Mike Malone. He's, he's just, just when you think they're dead, they fucking they pull something out. You know, Michael Porter's look terrible at moments and then he's looked great in yeah. other moments you know he's certainly not lacking in confidence as the lad as we've, <laughs> as we've noticed in yep. some of the press conferences <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> he's got a loose mouth yeah uh, but yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, yeah so game seven tonight um, yeah and game one obviously of the heat v the celtics uh how can you see that one going i can see it going at least six games can't you i can um, see it going all i could see it going to the wire but and i can see it being one of those series that you don't know the thing that won it happened in game three or two or something. If you know what I mean, one some of those, adjustment or that, something yeah, the, that like coaches have done. there's something you can't see what happened until yeah. until there's been a few days after it's all over and yeah. you realise that that's where it swung or yeah, something. Yeah. I can see it being an epic series. Yeah, coaching wise, definitely. Um, I can't, I can't, can't call it, and that's no. that's genuinely about the most exciting thing. Yeah. How Boston's sort of guard Bam Adebayo is going to be interesting for me because he can really drag centres out of the paint and stuff. And Daniel Tice is a he's a good player. He makes very few mistakes and stuff. But if they can get him into foul trouble, you There's can't see Ennis Cantor is going to see the floor in this series. I mean, he couldn't in the last series. No. And then, you know, how confident are you in, are you in the Time Lord, Rob <laughs> Williams and, and the other Williams and sort of yeah. spelling minutes there? Um, I just, that, I can see him having an edge there, but... On the other hand, Kemba Walker's probably too quick for uh, the heat guards as well. So um, if he can sort of get them in a pick and roll a bit more, they could have some joy there. So there's going to be lots of little wrinkles. If Kemba can start hitting his shot, then it, yeah, he's, he's he then gets really start interesting. Start hitting that mid-range sort of pull-up that he likes. Um, but Miami, your team, will, they'll, they'll scheme for that and get yeah. them off them spots, won't they? Because they're, they're very clever. That's what Spolstra uh, does. He does. But yeah, they need Dragic to kind of keep up his level of play because he's been really good. Um um, can the Heat's sort of primitive players make hay against that smart Tate and Brown sort of threesome? Because they're really good, aren't they? Yeah, uh, locking players down. They're really, yeah. really good. Yeah, and uh, and Gordon Haywood back in the bubble. Whether we'll see him or not remains to be seen. But um, mm. he's too busy on his gaming YouTube channel these days. I think is that what he does? <laughs> he's not. 
I don't know, donating to Donald Trump or whatever it is. I don't know. Allegedly. Do you think he'd be considered an upset if Miami won this series? I think he would. Not a major upset, but... Um, I think if you look at where these... What was expected of these teams before the playoffs? I if, think I think for Miami to get to the finals would be considered. If you skip NFL. fucking Bayless or something, maybe if, you know <laughs> what I mean. If you're that part of the, but not if you've watched basketball no, or no. any of the playoffs, then if you know what I mean, you, you can't see anything other than two incredibly well matched up teams mm. about to embark on what should be a really mm. tight. Series. I do like watching Miami and her. Duncan Robinson's not really got going either yet. Um, no, not, like not he so far. Was in the regular season, so. Um, that might be the thing, though. Yeah, who knows? What else has happened since last year? Steve Nash has rocked up. Steve Nash. Brooklyn, that was, it came out of left field. But eh. if you actually look at it, not not really. Not really that surprising eh. when you're looking at the egos they've got there. Um, what was weird as well, they were talking, there were loads of people talking about how it was his white privilege that got him there. You're like, no, was a that's not MVP. true. Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> no it's, it's, his, it's his superstar privilege. It's yeah. the same privilege that got Magic Johnson the Lakers oh, job. Jason Kidd. Or fucking, Jason Kidd, yeah. yeah, yeah it's, exactly. it's nothing to do with the no. colour of his skin. He'd mm. have been given that job if he was black and Steve Nash, yeah. if you know what I mean. Like, it's, yeah, yeah. It, it does make a good choice with those Yeah, I think it's a smart personalities. choice. I do, I do like it. I do like the hire. Um, he doesn't need to have much X's and O's experience, does he? No, I mean, in the regular season... How much X and O's do you need when you've got Kevin Durant on your team, providing he's healthy? It's, it's not rocket science, this stuff, is it? When you've no. got players, you know, we saw that with Lou Walton and the Warriors, didn't we? That yeah. year, you know, it's... yeah. Well, I think that's where they've looked. They've looked at the job Steve Kerr's done yeah. with the Warriors and thought, yeah. actually, it doesn't need to be about somebody no. who coached Division Two basketball for five years. And Steve Nash strikes me as the kind of guy who's preparing for this probably as well. And, you know, strikes me as a sort of bloke who probably knows more than about 65% of like head coaches or offensive yeah. coordinators about how an offense is coordinated. If you know what I mean, this is, this is, I'm loath to throw the word around like that, but he is maybe some sort of, he's amongst the, the handful of basketball geniuses who changed the game into what it is today. Yeah. If you know what I mean, he's, he's a big part of that. So as the way the NBA works these days, he's, Ideally suited for it. Roger Bell was saying on sort of on podcast that it's like like having a coach on the floor anyway in Phoenix. You know mm. that's how his brain works. You know was, he, he often ran the sort of team anyway. So um. yeah, I do. I imagine he's seeing it far clearer than most coaches anyway. Yes, yes, very much so. How um, many how, how many head coaches have experienced modern basketball from the court these days? If you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, have a quick break, and uh, I'm going to open the uh, the gates to the. The Clarence Weatherspoon Hall of Fame. It's been a minute. It has. Hey, this is Rick Mahorn. I'm a bad boy for life. Now, if you're not on the Pick and Roll podcast, I'm going to come out there looking for you. Because you know what? Bad boys like to be listened to on the podcast. Pick and Roll, baby. Pick and Roll. But I'm not picking. I ain't even rolling. As we mentioned on the last podcast, sad to hear of the passing of one uh, one Clifford Robinson, beloved player of ours. I'm sure he was in our top 50 players he was. of all time. I'm sure uh, he was. When we compiled our list of our favourite players. Obviously not the real top 50. But, the picture uh, of him for sure, so yeah. Yeah, um, yeah long, long time favourite of ours. Um, 
uh, who sadly passed away at just 53. So no age. I mean, he'd had a few health issues and yeah, stuff. Yeah, um, he had brain hemorrhage and stuff. And stuff yeah. Um, but yeah, very sad. Um, if you're not familiar with his career, sort of drafted in in 89 by the Blazers. Second round. Second which, round. What, what a steal. Yeah, shows you, pick. again, I don't know how many times I keep saying it. Who who went top 10 that year? Oh, 89. We've got to be thinking, what? Tim Hardaway. Was it Purvis Ellison? Derek? I think it was. Purvis yeah. Ellison was even in one pick that year. Yeah. Let me get it up. Let's get it up. Uh, Vladdy Divac. Let's possibly. get it up. Uh, Sean Kemp, but he was a late pick as well. He was a late he? pick as well, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think the 89 draft. Curious. Uh, it was Purvis, yeah. Danny Ferry, Danny number Ferry, two. He went Sean to play Hammond, in Italy, Jason didn't he? King, George McLeod, Randy Wright, Tom Hammonds. <sighs> Tom Hammonds. This is what I mean about picks. People get carried <laughs> away about the value of picks, but a lot of the time they Some value here. Shit. Dana Barra, six. Kip, Seattle, Dana Barra, 16. Kemp, 17. Some value DJ there. Armstrong, yeah. 18. Vladdy Divac, 26th pick, so... Ooh, Edwards had a longer career than most of them as well. Yeah. People get carried away with the, with the value of picks, but picks aren't worth shit. There's so much goes into it. There's so many like other contributing factors. So if you actually look at value over replacement, a stat they use on basketball reference of sort of, you know, the value they provide to their team over sort of your average replacement level player. He ranks fourth in this draft behind Tim Hardaway, Mookie Blaylock, and Vladdy. That's fair enough. Yeah, so an absolute steal. I um, love Glenn Rice, Nick Anderson. Yeah, and Sean Kemp. Um, so yeah, eighteen-year career. So um, eighteen years career. Did he miss the playoffs like once or something as yeah, well? Um, I think he went fourteen straight years with making the playoffs, which um, was some kind of record at the time. Yeah. Um, and before joining the Warriors, obviously, <laughs> in the early two thousands, or the Electric Spartans, <laughs> absolute shit show. Oh. And uh, I think, yeah, I think it's only his players. But um, yeah, made his debut third um, November nineteen eighty nine against the Sacramento Kings, uh, rocking the headband, of course. Which Always would, from day one. Yes, would, which would very much become his trademark. Uh, yeah, made him stick out on the court. Made him stick out on computer games as well. Yeah. Can you remember? I'm yeah, the headband. Yeah, tall, rangy. Um, but no one really rocked red headbands, did they? No. The back then. It was kind of an ABA thing. Uh, yeah. If you think about it, it's a Wilt, maybe. It was like a throwback thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, John McEnroe maybe rocked one at Wimbledon and stuff. But it wasn't really a sport thing, the headband then. Like, every fucker wears them now, don't they? Yeah. In the sort of NBA. Hand. Did you see the Blazers players all rock them? Uh, in, in tribute, in yeah. In tribute, yeah, in the playoff game, which was a nice touch. Yeah, I think, well, I think Rashid did a big part in bringing the headband. Yeah, back. Rashid, Alan Iverson, yeah. uh, maybe, yeah. Um, so, you know, you obviously see a the, lot of them there. The Cliff precedes that era. Yeah, Cliff very much the uh, the originator uh, in that one. But, uh, can you guess who else made his NBA debut in that uh, Blazers game uh, against the Kings in 89? Also no longer with us. Uh, another member of our Clarence Hall of Fame. Oh, Drazen. Uh, Dryzen Petrovic, yeah. yeah, yeah, they made their debut in the same, same game. Same game, yeah. No so, way. Um, I'll have to see if I can dig that one out of the archives. Holy so, shit, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of those Blazers players no longer with us. Uh, Kersey, Kevin Duckworth, um, yeah, not had a good run. Wasn't Red Meat on that day, I'm yeah. or something? Yeah, if you've you yeah. Clyde Drexler and Terry Port, you're looking <laughs> behind yourself at Grim Reaper, aren't you? Like, fuck it up. I've got borrowed time here, Saponis has got an army of virgins <laughs> lined up for blood transfusions. <laughs> and it just... Somewhere somewhere <laughs> deep in the Carpathian Mountains. Ennis Watley knows he's on borrowed time. <laughs> Jesus. But, um, yeah, um, so, yeah, made 10 points, uh, five rebounds, two steals and a block in 18 minutes in his first game. So a very cliffy line there. Yeah. Putting himself about. Versatile. Um, 
contributing in all all, all yeah. facets. Yeah. That was his. But um, it helps. I mean, we go on about sort of situation helps when you're a rookie and where you end up. You know, your first few years in the league. But he was really lucky. He got sort of, you know parachuted into a veteran team who was sort of a contender early on. That's what I liked about it. It helps, doesn't it? He was like the young you know. face on that Blazers team. Yeah, very that much. seemed so. to happen, isn't it? Back in those that like you could tell it, it was like it, it was like a little kid in his first day at work. You, like the rookies would look like little kids yeah. compared to this bunch of old blokes. I just you know remember I mean. him being arms and legs coming off the bench and just flying at shot, you know, trying to block shots and stuff. Everything, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. just trying to jump everywhere. Yeah. Um, and I'm just thinking, who the fuck's this guy? And I was like, wow, he's a rookie. You know, because it kind of was cleared up on the NBA then. Yeah. But he used to get those Blazers games quite, because they always had quite deep playoff runs, didn't they? Uh, getting to the finals, obviously, against the Pistons. So, yeah, he always caught the eye. He was one of them. As, uh, uh, yeah, as a very sort of rangy the modern NBA player now. I mean, he's very much the prototype, isn't he? Uh, a 6'10", sort of small forward then, if you will, who just yeah. could could do a bit of everything. Made over, I think he made, his average over his career is over one in three. And there were a few seasons, I think, when he was at the Pistons where he was hitting about 40, 44%, you know what I mean? I think it was, it was, he was like... 35%, uh, yeah, three points for the four. career, which you'd think he'd if he came along now, he'd obviously take a lot more a game. You know, he mm. never really averaged more than... He only averaged more than two a game once. I think that was when they brought the line in yeah. uh, in the, the mid-90s. So he'd be bombing like six, seven a game now, wouldn't yeah, he? Yeah, he was a prototype. Stri- and he was, if you know what I mean, there are some players who... There are some players in the league now that you look at and you think, your game isn't built for this anymore. Yeah. You know <laughs> what I mean? And and no, looking at you, Paul Millsap, if you know what I mean. Like, if you like... But even he... There, there are a few, like... But he's, you can look back at tapes of players for, at any point and be like, that guy would do well now. Yeah. If you know what I mean? Awesome. Like, yeah. that guy's skill set would translate well now. And that's, that was, that was one of the things about Cliff. At the time, he stuck out because yeah. he didn't look like all the other six foot ten dudes. Yeah. Uh, so he had eight years with the Blazers. Blazers, as we said, made the playoffs every year. He was on the, uh, finals, the team. finals teams in 1992. Um, Known as Uncle Cliffy, um, and there's a bit of kind of confusion of where this name comes from. According to Wikipedia, it was sort of after Game Four of a, uh, a '92 Western Conference Finals game. But I've done a bit of watching of these games and stuff, and it was actually Game Six. So mm. we need to correct that with us. Uh, put that on there. Um, in the dying moments of Game Six, if you look at the sort of YouTube footage, we'll put a link out later. He's um, he's doing sort of a little dance on the sideline, celebrate celebrating the sort of Blazers winning the game mm. and. Uh, they asked the Portland press asked him about it after the game, and he, he said, "Oh, it's the Uncle Cliffy dance or something." I think it was just a throwaway yeah. comment and stuff. And they really ran with it, uh, and kind of during the finals against the Bulls, they had like they were showing it on the screens in the sort of Blazers arena. So come on, everyone, do the Uncle Cliffy dance <laughs> and stuff. And he, apparently, it really threw him. And he had like a terrible <laughs> game. He's like, "No, you need to stop this. I don't, I don't, I don't mean to be disrespectful. I wasn't. Yeah. You know, I'm not doing this dance to be a showboat and stuff like." Apparently he railed against the nickname quite a bit. And he was yeah, no, he wasn't like, yeah. that way at all. Yeah. Do you remember his um his mad beef with Antoine Walker? I don't know. They had a, I think it was two thousand and two, and uh, with Detroit, and uh, and they had to be separated at the end. Oh really? And and it, and it like the game was over and they had to be separated over on the sidelines. When they, and like you could see it when they interviewed it. Like, they interviewed him afterwards. He was there, full suit. White shirt, white shirt, white tie, if you know what I mean, full pressed. Just was like, 
he's the dictionary definition of a front runner, if you know what I mean. Oh, really? It, like, it's first <laughs> Not time, far wrong. It, it's, it's like, yeah, he's in the first first time he's in the playoffs, so he thinks it's about running his mouth. Makes a couple of shots, if you know what I mean, and he's talking, yeah. if you know what I mean. Start deeing him up, he's got nothing left to say. And then, as they nick it at the end, he starts talking again. So I'm, that's it. I don't like those guys. I got nothing. To, yeah, it just it's like I've got nothing to. Yeah, he's a front runner. I don't like those dudes. Yeah. And then when they asked Antoine Walker, next question. <laughs> so he just next question. Yeah, and he was I'm the epitome. Like a massive fan of Antoine Walker. And I think it was the only time afterwards. And even then, I think you can see, you can still see footage of like Ernie and Kenny and fucking Charles afterwards going. Whatever's gone on there, it's not Cliff's fault. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? yeah, yeah. That's that's perfectly in character for Antoine Walker yeah, yeah, yeah. and bang out a character for Cliff. Yeah, that's the thing. I think he got a bit like I'm not trying to show you tore up. I was just you know getting kind of, so I think he kind of like you know tried to shy away from the name until after his career ended. Obviously, I think he embraced Leaned it. into it, yeah. And then you know he became obviously he was a big proponent for the legalization of marijuana. So he, you know he came he had the Uncle Spliffy brand yeah. of, sort of blunt papers and stuff. So, but yeah, he was generally was a very like straight up, quite proud, yeah, yeah, humble like, guy, yeah, right way yeah. to go about it. And I think that's where it, I think that's where it actually stuck from. Yeah, when you hear loads of people, I think he didn't want to be seen him. as a clown, did he? Because no. the headband and stuff. And you know, he stopped wearing the headband in Phoenix, which was weird. Yeah, I don't know what that was all about. Whether it, that was a team thing or I can't, very little footage of him wearing yeah. a headband for Phoenix, which seems strange because he obviously he got traded there, obviously. Um, after uh, after a gun run with the Blazers, he got a six man of the year award in ninety two ninety three, nineteen point one points, six point six rebounds, and nearly two blocks a game off the bench. That's fucking uh, yeah. I mean, this was kind of getting sort of towards the end of that sort of Blazers run, wasn't it? Um, yeah. Uh, Drexler would leave the year after and stuff, but um, he was an all star in ninety four, and yeah. that was kind of. You know, he, he was rightly so. Though, he was a well. twenty-point game, you know, scorer for like four years. In running, the thick wasn't of, of like, yeah. and this is like heyday, early nineties NBA All Star games the West as, well. as well. Yeah, yeah if mean, you know West what I mean. Chock full of players, wasn't I it? I mean, there'd always be an Otis Thorpe creep in there, but yeah, there'd always be an Otis Thorpe creep in there. But he wasn't one of those. But yeah, I mean, I think if you listen to lots of players, you like listen to him and eulogize about him. It, I think, I think the name Uncle stuck because. Loads of players are like he was like my big brother. Yeah. Like when I was going through difficulties coming back right, from injuries yeah. I mean, or whatever. That you don't he stick was... around for eighteen years yeah. in the league unless you're a decent vet, do you? And yeah, and I think and it's a fucking cool nickname. Let's yeah. be fair. And I think I think that maybe where it where it stuck around for him. Yeah, Iron Man as well. Sort of he had a sort of four hundred and sixty odd game sort of consecutive game streak, um, which is still a franchise record for the Blazers apparently. So. AC Green territory, uh, obviously, without the virginity, without, without the uh, without the blue balls, without the abstinence. Yes. Um, yeah, so I think without the purity. Cliff has got a few kids. So, yeah. um, <laughs> opposite ends of the spectrum. Opposite yeah. ends of that spectrum. Put on the Kemp end of that scale. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Kemp end of the will. fertility spectrum. Um, so yeah, signed with Phoenix uh, as a free agent in '97. Um, had four seasons there and uh, blasted the Nuggets for 50 points on. Uh, in January 2000, uh, at the time, the oldest player in NBA history to register uh, his first 50-point game. Uh, since broken by another one of our uh, Clarence Weatherspoon Hall of Famers. Can you guess uh, which player, uh, I think it was in 2011, went for 50-odd? Mo Williams? No. The professor, Andre Miller, against ah, Dallas, remember, yes, in that yes. overtime game. 
The overtime game. I think he only hit one three. Uh, I remember Moad won right towards the end for the Blazers. He did, yeah, yeah. Um, So yeah, yeah. A couple of couple of Clarence Hall of Famers there. From Phoenix, it was on to Detroit, where um, he kind of just missed those sort of titles. Just missed those title series. It was when they were trying to retool to yeah um, to make a run. Uh, So it was kind of before Sheed and stuff came on board, and then traded to the Warriors in two thousand three. Played all eighty two games. but the first year, yeah, participate in the playoffs, as we said. Typical fucking Warriors. Uh, they were the dark days uh, uh, before. They the were the dark Weaver days. teams and stuff. Um, and it's finally on to the Nets. To the Nets, uh, the end of it there. For sort of the end of his career there. Uh, on the, They were contending teams as well, weren't they, really? Uh, the yeah. Jason Kidd, sort of Vince teams and stuff. So, um, could still do it at sort of age, you know, late 30s, early 40. Well, he was 40 when he yeah. retired, so... Yeah, what a player and um, what a career! What a career! Yeah, sad to see, sad to see him go. Because um, if you've not watched much footage of him, um, yeah, get on YouTube and um, he was a high flyer for you know on both ends of the floor. Yeah, and yeah, he could really fill it up. And uh, and if you've not seen him and you've not of that sort of era, for let's have some context. So what I want you to do is to watch Cliff some Cliff Robinson. And then see if you can try and find some Buck Williams because that's what his contemporaries in that position were like. If you know, what I mean. yeah, like, they were old school lunch pail, sort of power forwards, weren't they? Yeah, uh, I mean, if you're just looking at him now, mm. it'd be hard to see mm. what he, what like just how different he looked. Yeah, Uncle Cliffy, a great player, fourteenth in NBA history in games played, which is no mean short list. Yeah, twenty uh, fifth in minutes played, and. Uh, Top ten in NBA history uh, for sort of player wins, so that shows you sort of how good the teams he were on were. And, yeah, you know, he contributed towards some some very good teams over a long stretch uh, without getting a title. A message from his family: um, Clifford Ralph Robinson was known as an NBA player that played 18 years in the league. He scored more points than some of the NBA's 50 greatest players, including Magic Johnson, Isaiah Thomas, Kevin McHale, and Scottie Pippen. He currently ranks 54th on the NBA all-time scoring list. Scoring points wasn't his only contribution he made to his teams. He was also a two-time member of the All-NBA Defensive Team, a former recipient of the NBA Sixth Man of the Year, and selected for the 1994 All-Star Game. He played in three straight Western Conference Finals and had two appearances in the Finals. Clifford definitely had a Hall of Fame resume and always brought his best to the game of basketball. Clifford was taken too soon, but he wasn't for lack of fight. After a long battle with lymphoma, he would be terribly missed. We are so grateful that his effervescent human being was placed in our lives and we believe the world was a better place because he was in it. Love from the Robinson clan. So There you go, Uncle Cliffy, a round of applause and welcome to the hall in the corner there with the rest of the crew. Yeah. Um, uh, Gavin, any more for any more? No. Um, will you be watching the conference finals? I'm not so bothered about the West. I'd well, like, if, the, if the Nuggets get through, I'll if be, the Nuggets get through, yeah. I'll be more interested. I'm yeah. not bothered in a battle of LA. No, I, I don't really. Yeah, no, I'll be watching the Celtics and the Heat for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I'll be watching the Celtics and the Heat for sure. Celtics Lakers finals could be a throwback one for the uh, yeah, the sort of throwback there. Be Purists good for ratings <laughs> if uh, if you're Adam Silver, I'd imagine. I think it, the NBA probably needs yeah. an LA LA Western yeah, a finals. Miami Miami Nuggets or Miami, Miami Nuggets finals not going to do well, is it? That's not going to do well. No. Uh, yeah, I'm sure the referees will have had their instructions. Yeah, the, we all know how this has got yeah. to end up. Yeah, Kev, thank you for your time. Uh, check us out on the Twitter on the YouTube channel and uh, like, subscribe, rate. Uh, drop us an email. Email at pickandrolluk.com and. Roll UK. Dot com and uh, 
yeah, we'll be back very soon, I'm sure. Peace yes. out. Peace. <laughs>